series of brutal crimes terrorizes an entire state. Four people in four days in four counties. They were all completely innocent individuals who had their lives snuffed out. The evidence points to a common killer. There was a nine millimeter pistol involved in all four murders. They possibly had a serial killer on the loose. But who was responsible? As investigators race to track down a killer, the clues expose a twisted romance born of bloodlust. They were like Bonnie and Clyde and getting excitement from what they were doing. They obviously felt that they were indestructible and nobody could bring them to justice. Together, they became literally the definition of natural-born killers. everyone and welcome to Killing Time with Kristen Hall. I'm your host Kristen. We're going to talk today about Mark Spots and Christina Noland. Now this is a story for every young lady to be weary of. Not every bad boy is the right one for you. Now there's nothing wrong with when you're young always wanting a bad boy someone to protect you and to stick up for you and kind of let you know that you're loved in a good way but once it turns abusive or to the point where you are changing who you are as a person negatively it's not a good relationship and let me tell you one week one week and a half is not long enough to know if that's a good relationship or not christina noland is a good girl she was 17 years old she had just met Mark Spots from a friend. He's a 23-year-old dropout. Him and his brother Dustin Spots grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, unlike Christina. Christina grew up on a two-family home. Everything was always good for them. They were middle class. She got straight A's and B's. She was a good girl up until she met rebellious Mark Spots. At six and a half years her senior, he was not the right boy you would want your girl to bring home. He was constantly in trouble with the law ever since he was 15 years old. He burnt down five businesses in downtown Clearfield, Pennsylvania. He was convicted of arson, theft, burglaries, all kinds of stuff. And he has an extensive list of crimes. Well, it all starts they're dating a week and a half. Mark and his brother Dustin are invited to dinner at their mother's house. Now they've never had a regular family. So this is special. This is a family dinner for a family that's broken. Mom wants both boys to come over, bring your girlfriends because I want to meet them. So Dustin brings his fiance who the mother knows, but this would be the first time she would meet Christina. Mark's girlfriend. Now, Mark, Dustin, Christina, Dustin's fiance, and Dustin's fiance's 12-year-old son were all there with Mark and Dustin's mother and her husband, so their stepfather. And they were having a wonderful meal. After the meal was over, Mark was watching TV, decided he wanted to take a nap. Whenever Dustin's fiance's son 
decides it's time to play a trick on Mark. So he goes over to the gerbil cage and pulls out a gerbil. He comes over, tiptoeing over to Mark, dangles it in front of him. Mark! Mark! Hey, wake up! And that's when he wakes up to a gerbil dangling in his face. And he was not too happy about it. He threatened to beat the kid's ass. And when he did that, the child's mother got very upset and stuck up for her child. Whenever she did, Mark starts cursing her like a dog. And of course, Dustin is not going to stand for his fiance to get treated like that by his brother. He steps in. And he starts mouth battling his brother Mark. Now Dustin and Mark are in a mouth battle. It starts into a pushing match. They're they're swinging at each other. Mark is turned around. Now he's talking to someone else at this time. Dustin grabs a butter knife in each hand and comes up. And he sort of in a stabbing motion stabs his brother Mark in the back. Now mind you, this is a butter knife. It didn't do much damage, okay? It was all superficial wounds, but what a fucked up thing to do to stab your brother in the back like that, even with a butter knife. It didn't take too kindly on Mark either. So Mark says, all right, you want to fight? He goes upstairs, retrieves his 9mm semi-automatic handgun, comes downstairs, starts an altercation again with his brother, shoots him seven times two of the times pierced the heart and the neck he said he didn't see his brother fall he didn't know he was dead all that well that's not true at all he knew his brother fell down when his brother dustin's fiance grabbed the phone and tried to call 911 he screamed at her and took the phone he said nobody's to call the police until i'm out of here He made his stepdad get in his stepdad's car and give him a ride with his girlfriend, Christina. Now, this is the point in the story where it turns everything. Christina made the ultimate decision that changed her life forever in this moment. What do you do? This is your new boyfriend of a week and a half, and you just seen him murder his brother in cold blood in front of everyone. Now, your boyfriend says, let's go. He has a gun. You've seen he shot somebody. So I can understand being scared enough to go with him. But she didn't just go with him. She looked around, walked over to his brother's body, bent down and picked up the spent shell casings and put them in her purse. Then she decided to leave and go with his father, stepfather and Mark and Christina all got in the car and they got dropped off at a friend's house. Now, what's interesting is Mark says he doesn't recall any of this stuff. Well, his mother, his stepfather, and the fiance of Dustin definitely do recall. And they said the first six shots missed, but the last two fatally struck Dustin in the chest. After the victim fell to the ground, Mark leaned over him, spit in his face, and said, There you go, pussy. Dustin's fiance then tried to call the police, and he got out of there. It was then that she called the police and let them know what happened. Now, he says, Marky says, 
Christina started filling my head with a bunch of stuff. She said, I killed my brother. And in my mind, I didn't know he was dead. He said, she said, you're running from the police because you're a felon and you're on parole. Now you're wanted. Well, Mark, it's all true. She was just stating the facts. But in his mind, he took that as run. Okay, sure. So, after Spots' stepfather dropped him and Nolan off at the house, they drove to Pine Grove by that friend. And that's in Skullkill County here in Pennsylvania. They made their way to Main Street of the town at 3 a.m. on February 1st, 1995. Now, this is the mark of, not just mark, but this is the time where they decide what kind of people they are. This decision is going to decipher the rest of their lives. Now, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. He has shot his brother, cold, dead. He's running from shooting his brother because he's a felon and he's on parole and he has no money. He has no car. So what's the, what are they going to do now? Well, he knows he needs to get some money and he needs to get a vehicle to get the hell out of there. So they went to, like I said, Pine Grove in Skullkill County. They made their way to the main street. And Mark states, I'm going to rob the next person that's here. So they unsuccessfully attempted to locate a vehicle to steal. There was no vehicles. It's three in the morning. They're all locked. At approximately 5.30 a.m., Spots and Nolan approached the Harris Mini Mart. And this sweet, sweet, kind woman named June Olinger that was just about to be a Grammy for the first time. She has an only son. He's married. She has a husband. It's her second husband, but she's a happily married woman. He's a truck driver, and he was out during all this. This kind woman, June, knows the local police. She knows that they come before their shift starts at 7, They want some fresh coffee. They want to talk. They want a donut. So she, every morning, opens up early, around 5, 5.30 a.m., even though they don't really open the store until (laughs) 6 or 7. But she was so kind. She knew those cops liked coming in there, and she always wanted fresh coffee and fresh pastries for them. So here she comes, like every other weekday at 5.30 a.m., And they came to that mini mart just as she arrived in her car to open up the store. Spots moved towards June with the 9mm handgun drawn and ordered her to the passenger side of the car. Nolan got into the back of Olinger's car and Spots drove the three to a secluded area. Here in Pennsylvania, we have those everywhere. He picked a back road and he took her. There happened to be a bridge on it. Now, what he did to this scared, scared woman that was begging for her life the whole time, it's just disgusting. He handed the gun to Nolan and proceeded to remove Olinger's jewelry and money from her person. So he took off her jewelry off of her, didn't even let her take it off herself, but he took it from her. 
her wedding ring, her necklace, her earrings, anything that meant value to this woman, he took, not to mention her purse and her keys. Whenever they returned to this bridge, that's whenever Christina handed the gun back to Mark. Mark takes June outside of the car. She says, please don't hurt me, please, please. He already had everything he needed. He didn't need a witness. So he orders her out of the car and he made her stand on the side of the bridge. Mark shot June Olinger in the back of the head and kicked her body into the creek over the bridge they were standing. So this sweet, kind woman is now discarded like trash in a creek. So Mark and Christina take off. After taking her car to Schuylkill County Car Wash, where they were caught on camera, Mark and Christina traveled to Maryland, where Christina dyed her hair, cut it, transformed her little face, They got married on the boardwalk. They took pictures and rode in the sand, natural born killers. Interesting fact is 95 natural born killers just had come out a little before this murder. So apparently they thought of themselves as natural born killers, Bonnie and Clyde type. But this girl wants to claim innocent and this guy wants to blame everything on her. Uh, It's very confusing as to how they even thought they loved each other in a week and a half. So, this is when they decide to leave the beach. They travel 165 miles back to Pennsylvania and end up in York to dump the car and rob another car. Because they had this car. They had June's car way too long. They knew it was hours, days. Okay, we got to get rid of this thing. So, they come back to Pennsylvania. And they rob another person. And it would be this one as to when they rob Penny Gunnett. It was absolutely sickening what they did to this woman. She was a kind, kind lady. And Mark came up to her. excuse me ma'am excuse me could you give me directions and pulled the gun on her he kidnapped her and her car and her purse at a parking lot christina's dumbass it's 17 years old's never driven a car before she's never had a permit she's never had a license so her job is to drive miss June's car while Mark is in the car with Penny driving her. Now, you got a witness you got to get rid of. You got an ex-murdered woman's car you got to get rid of. They're just piling problem on top of problem on top of problem at this point. Okay? And it's at this point in the story with Penny kidnapped, with Mark in the car with her alone, They're driving down the road. And Christina says Mark's driving erratic. He's swerving back and forth. He's swinging towards Penny. And what she sees is a blast. So she believes he shot Penny. 
it's at that moment he starts speeding off he's going about 80 miles down one of our pennsylvania country roads now christina like i said never drove before she doesn't have a license she doesn't know what the hell's going on so she thinks shit mark just ditched me he left me alone and i'm in a dead woman's car he's gonna try to plant this all on me isn't he she gets so scared she ditches the car takes off calls home takes a bus back to pa and goes to the state police and tells them what happened now they know this man has committed another murder what's going on all of a sudden a couple days later they find her body under her car there that sickening son of a bitch shot her and then ran her over and pinned her under her own car now from this point he has no car he has no money he has no girlfriend with him he is running from the law and all he has is a gun so it's at this point where he kind of sees the end So Mark comes across a sweet little lady, 71 years old. He remembers from back in childhood, right? Remember, he was always in trouble. And back then in the 1990s, it took a village to raise a child. And this woman, 71-year-old Betty Amstutz, was a deaconess, was a retired social worker. She was just a kind, all-around woman. She still did things, 71 years old. She was getting her hair done. She went shopping. She made it back to her house. As she's entering her home with her groceries, setting them on the table, here comes in Mark Spots with his 9mm. He takes Betty Amstutz from that house in her car. Now she's driving it. He's in the passenger seat with the gun, with the pistol on her. He takes her to the store makes her go and buy him high-end clothes takes him um he makes betty go to the bank two separate times in the drive-thru window now the one at camp hill branch is the one that kind of drew up some flags because she always went in at this bank and you know how your bank tellers are you know them you know they know when you're having a bad day even though you don't talk to them very often, they can see you and see whenever something's not right. Just like your cashiers can, just like your priests can, even though you're faking, they can sort of tell. So he knew that and he made her go through the drive-thru. Now, the lady that works the drive-thru, her last name is Sellers. She handled this transaction and Amstutz, Betty, she came through the drive-thru window and withdrew $1,139.95 from her account. Then he went to a sort of like a, a Dick's Auto or Dick's Sporting Goods store. So he made her take him to a sporting goods store and buy him sporting goods. What the hell is going on? And the only thing that I could think of is during this time, he's almost mad at her because she knew him as a child she knew how he was growing up and she could have helped and she did nothing so he's going to make her pay financially and with her life right now 
So he goes and buys new clothes, gets sporting goods, got some money. He doesn't need her no more. He's got her car and her. So what's really sad is the next day, some landscapers find poor frozen Betty laying face down in the weeds with eight shots to her. She was clutching the grass. And I don't know how more evil you have to be to knowing that you were going to shoot this woman and knowing that you were done with her. Oh, before he shot her, he made her go and pay $262 with her credit card and get him a hotel room in her name. Now, it's at the Knights Inn on Route 11 in Middlesex Township here in PA. They rented out the room, 128 to Betty Amstutz, who paid with her credit card. A half hour later, later his little um, friends came by to smoke some crack with um and party all night. Then they left again. The next day, when the police were coming, that's when they were pulling in to hang out with them. Well, remember, his girlfriend, Christina, was back home. She told the police everything. So they knew where he was in the general area, what he was about, what he was going to do. And Miss Betty's house was empty. They found her dead body. So it's time to look up her credit cards. They see, oh, she rented a hotel room at the Knights Inn. That doesn't make sense. So they know exactly where he's at. And whenever they go to the manager, the manager says, oh, yeah, she rented that room in person and she paid with a credit card. Oh, and she was with a young man. And he's still in the room. And they're like, yes. So they get the SWAT team. They get everyone. They surround it. They use the bullhorn. Come out with your hands up, Mark Spots. He flips them off and he won't answer his phone. Eventually, he comes out with his hands up, gives himself up, and it was then that he was arrested around 9 a.m. on February 3rd. He was arrested for the death of his brother, Dustin. He was arrested for the three women that he murdered for no reason. Penny Gunnett, June Olinger, and Miss Betty Amstutz, all of which were over 40 years old and didn't do a goddamn thing to him. He did nothing. What's sickening is it all started with a gerbil. It was disgusting how this all started with just a, a yelling at a child. You could have walked away. That's what he should have done. But instead, he went and he shot his brother. And then he was done from right then. He chose his route. And it just kept getting worser and worser and worser. It's absolutely disgusting how he did this. And so, and he was arrested in February 1995. He was brought to trial in Cumberland County in May of 96. By that time, he had already been found guilty of manslaughter and the death of his brother in Clearfield County. And he was on death row for the murders of June Olinger in Schuylkill County and Penny Gunnett in York County. They all got a piece of them. They didn't want to try all these as one trial, even though they, they could have. Each county wanted a piece of him. Instead of combining three capital murder cases into one, 
which a high court ruling allowed, prosecutors decided instead to proceed with three trials, one in each county, spaced roughly about a month to six weeks apart, because each woman was a victim and each one deserved their own defendant's life story. Each one got to tell about the, the victim. And this defendant had to listen and hear how he destroyed each people, each one of those women's lives that he did. This is just an absolute awful story. And it's really sad that Mark Spots really didn't have a great relationship with his brother or other family members. He loved his brother. He absolutely loved him. And he really looked up to him. It's really sad that just by not walking away, this has happened. So the jury convicted Mark. He got 17 to 25 years for the manslaughter of his brother. And in the three capital murder uh, cases in each county, he got the death sentence. So three death sentences and then 17 to 25 years for manslaughter for his brother. And then he got more because he was a convicted felon. He had a handgun. And for the robberies and thefts, they just kept tacking on everything. He's never going to see the light of day again, ever. Let's get back to Miss Christina. She's star witness for the prosecution, right? What's sad is she didn't go in with a plan. She was 17 years old. She just went in and was like, hey, I'll tell you exactly what happened. And uh, you'll help me, right? No, honey, you have to go in with a lawyer. You have to go in with a plan and say, look, I want amnesty. If you're not going to promise me anything, I'm not going to be your star witness. I didn't remember a thing. You have to use what you got. I do not believe she deserved the time she did. But then I started looking into the evidence and she was wearing the victim's jewelry. She was the one that kept telling Mark, oh my God, you're going to have to kill them. You're going to have to kill the witnesses. You, you can't leave a witness. And she was writing natural born killers in the sand. Well, they ended up giving Christina 12 to 20 years for the first murder. They didn't give her anything in the murder of Dustin because she didn't do anything. She was just there. Everyone was a witness. So for June and Penny's murder, she got 12 to 20 years and 6 to 20 years. In 2008, she served 13 years. And she's out and has been clean since. She's living a regular life, I guess. So, hi, Christina. But hope you stay clean. Stay away from them bad boys. They're pieces of shit. <laughs> well, Mark denies pulling the trigger. And this is how stupid he is, right? He blames Christina for the murders and said it was all her. She shot everyone. She wasn't even there for the fourth murder, idiot. And the, the prosecution was even like, what are you talking about? She was here testifying to the police here in Pennsylvania. We have documents of it. We have our own video. He's like, nope, she did it. She shot everyone. <laughs> no, she didn't, you idiot. That's freaking hilarious. He absolutely is a moron, and I hope he gets what he deserves every day in prison. Well, that was the story of the natural-born rejects, Mark Spots and Christina Nolan from 1995 here in Pennsylvania. You can see it on the Oxygen channel on Snapped and Killer Couples, I believe it is.
So I hope you guys have a good day and please come back for more on Killing Time with Kristen Hall.